0: Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre Podcast. This show contains graphic content in explicit language and is intended for immature adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: It's not even really a dilemma, but something interesting is, um, my younger sister's daughter's, um, well, the oldest one, I'm not going to say her name. She is, um, really gotten bitten by the Halloween bug and she is not letting up. She wants to watch a horror movie. Um, so she contacted me, my sister did, not my niece. Although, if she did, that'd be cool, too. Um, What is... And this is actually kind of a stumper. What is a legit horror movie to break a child in with? Because they're eventually going to watch them. It's going to happen at some point. And she said... She suggested maybe The Sixth Sense. I was like, maybe. But you also see the back of a kid's head blown off on that. So and it
0: moves pretty slow. I think be... any eight-year-old is going to be turned off by that. Now, when I was eight,
1: I had already seen Friday the 13th. I'd already seen Child's Play, which I said- su- I
0: saw Faces of Death when I was eight.
1: Yeah. So, God, you're fucked, man. Now I know why you are the way you are. Yep. So, I was thinking, okay, definitely not- So, I'm running it through my head. Okay, definitely not Child's Play, because that's a toy that can kill you and their kids. That could fuck them up. It fucked me up for a while. And then you got Jason or Friday the 13th, but there's a lot of like teen sex in there mm-hmm. because of how the movie was made. It's because, you know, Jason drowned because they were fucking, <laughs> you know, they weren't paying attention. So he goes after people that are young and having sex. Freddy Krueger does not have a whole lot of teen sex in it, but it's about Freddy Krueger, who is a child killer. So, no. Um, Candy Man would be horrifying because he's his... His rib cage is full of fucking bees. He has a bloody ass hook jammed into that stump. So no. And I thought, <clears throat> Blair Witch. It's not that gory. There's not that much blood. Yeah. There's no scary things in it because it's relying on the fact that there's something out there in the dark that you can't see to me it was just really horrifying because mm-hmm. we've seen we grew up watching the zombies and the freddies and the jasons and the michael myers you know and just to have something out there in the dark that you that you could just hear that you know is out there that you know is bad mm-hmm. and you can't see it to me that's horrifying but i was saying like yeah, what about that i mean it's basically they're they're lost and they're not even lost in the woods at, at some point it's just you get to the point where it's like the woods has them they're not going to leave
0: but i don't know <clears> that i would necessarily consider that horror I don't know. It's more thriller. More I
1: suspenseful guess. maybe. Yeah. And then and then I thought, oh fuck, you know, oh spoiler alert. It has the whole like the kid stands in the corner while the guy kills the other kid and then he kills that kid that was in the corner. It's like, "Oh, we're back to kid killing." So it's like, what movie do you actually kind of start
0: with? Monster House.
1: No, they're past that. <laughs> they're past that. See to them to them that's just that's like the movie up. That's nothing to him now. And you could say like, oh, hocus pocus but nope, done that. I think they've done that one. Um said that she – or beep that out. She said that she started on um a certain Harry Potter movie that's supposed to be like the scary one. And I guess they did fine with that. No, I think they fell asleep watching it. So they're ready. Or she's she she seems that young lady seems very ready to go. Now it's just, okay, what do you start them off with? that's gonna be scary gonna you know maybe give him a nightmare for a couple nights you know but that's about it like nothing that really sticks and fucks with you hmm and i've been racking my brain really trying to come up with something
0: that's so, a good question i don't know
1: while we're going through this episode i'm going to be thinking of like i might have a sidebar conversation in my head of like okay what about this okay what about this so that's that's what i got going on today
0: Okay, yeah, because
1: I, honestly... Because, like, the horror movies I started out watching, I wouldn't recommend. No. You know, I sure as fuck wouldn't recommend Faces of Death. Good gravy.
0: Yeah, that was my dad. There's gotta be something out
1: there. I'll keep... You go ahead.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right, guys, welcome to Martinis and the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. My name's Erica. I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Billy.
1: I mean, even the Blair Witch remake... That's even not that bad. That actually might be better. It's like bloody or gory. And you do you do get to see the Blair Witch in it. So there's that.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Hi guys. Yeah, that's Billy.
1: Deep in thought.
0: <laughs> and we are swiftly approaching Halloween. So this episode we wanted to bring you guys something spooky for Halloween. Yay! And forgive my voice, I have been sick. This is the best I've sounded in a few days, but I'm still kind of nasally. Erica stay sick. Yeah, that's just me. Your immune system sucks. It does. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we wanted to bring you guys something spooky. And what's spookier than hauntings? But we're going to do something a little different. Instead of talking about a haunted location or even a haunted person... We're going to talk about what are considered to be some of the most haunted objects in the world. I always wondered why
1: common everyday items are not haunted. You've never heard of a haunted
0: Bic pin or a haunted roll of toilet paper. It's always something like the, the... like. Well, if your toilet paper was haunted, that means that somebody else would have had it in their possession. It's scared and that's
1: you. gross. It'd scare the shit out of you. God damn, that was fucking
0: good. No, it wasn't. Oh, no. that was
1: that was on the spot too. Mm-mm. I didn't even rehearse that shit. Yeah, I don't
0: I don't like it. I don't approve.
1: Man, that was good.
0: You'll be lucky if I edit it in and leave it. No, we're not cause... changing
1: shit. Leave it in. <laughs> you suck, Billy. All right. I hear tell that the inventor of the Ouija board named it Ouija because he asked the board what it should be named and it said Ouija and he asked why and the board said good luck. I thought that was kind of creepy. Why? I don't know. Because it, it's telling you to name it. And then he's like, why are you naming that? And it's like, well, you'll never know, motherfucker. That's <laughs> creepy.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's get started with some haunted objects. Haunted, cursed, you can kind of use them interchangeably for this episode. Why not? But we'll start off with one that most of you have probably heard of. Annabelle. This is the doll that the Annabelle movies are based off of, though it looks quite different than in the films.
1: Yeah, I was just about to say that too. It looks nothing like it.
0: It is actually a very large Raggedy Ann doll that was purchased in a hobby store in 1970.
1: And the thing is, is like, Annabelle looks scary. That doll looks fucking harmless.
0: Yeah, I had a Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy. looks kind of
1: cute. You know, like... And then you look at the Annabelle movies, you're like, oh, yeah, it's got people
0: eyes. <laughs> the woman that purchased it gave it to her daughter, Donna, who was about to graduate from nursing school, which I think is a little bit weird. Why are you giving your adult daughter who's about to graduate from college a stuffed toy? But whatever. Different time. You do you. Donna and her roommate, Angie, began to notice something strange about the doll within just a couple of weeks. The doll would change position and the girls would find it with its legs or arms crossed when it hadn't been that way before. Judging then, you. Then they would start to find it move throughout their apartment. It would be on Donna's bed when they left, but would be sitting on the couch when they returned. Or the opposite, it would be left in the living room and would somehow end up back in Donna's room with the door shut. They soon began finding notes written in a child's handwriting on parchment paper. They would say, help us, or help Lou, Lou being a friend of the women. The two did not keep any parchment paper in the apartment, and they didn't know where it had come from.
1: What if it is Lou, and Lou lives in, like, the crawl space, and every time they leave, Lou's like, I'm gonna fuck with these bitches, and then just moves it.
0: He's not a very good friend, then. <laughs> yeah. I'm say that. So... The woman decided to contact a medium who told them that the spirit of a girl named Annabelle Higgins was inhabiting the doll. She had lived on the grounds where the women lived long before the apartments were built. She was found dead in a field on the property when she was seven. The medium said she felt safe and happy with Donna and Angie, and the two agreed that she could stay inhabiting the doll. So, Big mistake. So was
1: it like that soul was just floating around? Looking for something to latch
0: on to? Evidently. Okay. But their friend Lou had very bad feelings about the doll, sensing evil. And uh, paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren were called in.
1: Uh, Lou would be sitting there talking to them and stuff about school, about nursing school and stuff. And then Lou would stop and be like, it's right behind me, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, we didn't want to say it because we do get freaky you out. You're right, it does. Yeah. This isn't fun. A little bit. This isn't fun for me anymore.
0: <laughs> and why is it saying, help me? I don't need help. Is it going to kill me? Maybe you do need help, Lou. You just don't know it yet. Aw, Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> well, they believe that there was actually a demonic presence posing as the spirit of a little girl named Annabelle and it was manipulating the doll in order to get close to the humans in the apartment. Wait, you're saying a demon is lying? The Pshaw, hell say? whatever. That's crazy
1: talk. God,
0: read a book. <laughs> well, supposedly a demon or spirit cannot possess inanimate objects, only living beings, but they can manipulate them. And it wanted a living host to possess. A priest was called in to perform a cleansing of the apartment, and the Warrens took Annabelle with them. They build a special case that locks to keep others from getting too close. A sign is posted very clearly on the front of the case that reads, quote, "Warning: Positively do not open." End quote. But it's a raggedy and all just sitting in there. Yeah, looks real threatening. Annabelle still sits in her case on display at the Warrens' occult museum to this day. But as of the writing of this outline, it is currently closed due to zoning regulations while they try to find another location. You can actually take a look at Annabelle and the Warrens at www.warrens.net. Next, let's talk about a piece of jewelry, the cursed ring that belonged to movie star Rudolph Valentino. He purchased the ring in a San Francisco jewelry store in 1920. It was a plain silver ring with a semi-precious stone in it, and it was called the Destiny Ring. The shopkeeper didn't want to sell it, telling Valentino that it was cursed, but Valentino had to have it. So he bought it. That's when things started to go downhill. (coughs) Valentino, originally from Italy, was a huge silent movie star in America. That is, until he bought the ring. His films began to flop. And shortly after completing his last movie, The Son of the Sheik, in 1926, he died while still wearing the ring at age 31 from a post-surgery infection. But the curse of the ring didn't stop there. It was passed to his lover, actress Pola Negri, who soon became very ill. She survived, but her Hollywood career ended. What about A Quiet Place? I suppose. Maybe. She then passed the ring to a young singer named Russ Columbo as he reminded her of Valentino. Columbo died shortly thereafter in a shooting accident. But this still wasn't the end.
1: I mean, so far, this could just be coincidence.
0: Could. Sometimes people get fucking shot. A friend of Colombo's named Joe Casino got the ring next. He kept it stored for a long period of time, but eventually decided to pull it out and wear it. He was hit by a truck a week later and died.
1: Well, what if he never took it out? What if he never took it out, actually? Yeah, I mean, he might be, still be alive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When um. Casino's brother, Dell, inherited the <laughs> ring, he was already well aware of the misfortunes that came with it. He locked it up in a safe at his house so it couldn't be worn. But a man named James Willis broke into Dell's house and set off an alarm. When the police arrived, they engaged Willis and he was shot and killed. He had the ring in his pocket. It was returned to the safe and locked up again. Coincidence? Yeah. Hmm. A director named Edward Small was interested in making a movie about Valentino and was able to obtain the ring to use in the film. An actor named Jack Dunn was cast as Valentino and wore the ring during filming. Probably shouldn't have done that. Two weeks after placing the ring on his finger... His fucking head blew up. We're still trying to figure out why. (laughs) Dunn died of a blood disease. The ring supposedly sits in a vault in Las Mm -hmm. Vegas today, and the ghost of Valentino is said to still be roaming around, trying to find the ring to destroy it. Now, let's talk some art. The crying boy painting isn't so much cursed or haunted, but the story surrounding it is pretty strange.
1: Yeah, and it's a creepy looking picture.
0: Well, there are a series of paintings done by Italian artist Bruno Amadio, who is known commonly as Bragolin, featuring a young boy staring out with tears falling down his cheeks. And he's, al- he's
1: always braggling about those pictures he makes, <laughs> am I right? Huh? All right. God,
0: Billy, why won't you
1: stop? What why? about the movie Poltergeist? Huh? A poltergeist! Okay. It's not bloody or
0: nothing. Clowns? Ah, fuck. Yeah. Never
1: mind. The search continues.
0: (laughs) But there's actually different subjects in each of these paintings. There's a bunch of boys crying, but it's a whole series that he did. Now, these paintings were mass produced starting in the 1950s and were commonly found in homes, hotels, and many other businesses. Why would you want a picture of a
1: boy crying in your hotel? I don't know. Doesn't tell me it's a safe or, you know, nice, cozy place to stay. Nope,
0: not at all. Tell
1: you what, I'm going to Yelp. don't mind saying.
0: But in 1985, word began to spread that these paintings were being found in burned-out houses and buildings, seemingly unscathed. It got to a point where firemen wouldn't allow any of these paintings to be hung in their homes for fear of a fire. Upon investigating, it was determined that a fire-repellent varnish coated the paintings, and the strings used to hang the pictures would burn quickly, dropping the painting onto the floor and potentially protecting the painting. That's a pretty good explanation. Yeah. But here's the kicker. It could never be explained why the frames holding the paintings did not burn, nor could it be explained why other paintings, in similar frames and with similar varnish applied, would go up in flames in a fire, but the Crying Boy paintings wouldn't. That's... Okay,
1: that's curious. What if it was painted with something that's, like, flame retardant? That's what they're saying. It had a flame retardant
0: varnish on it. Oh, so, okay. But it doesn't explain why the frame didn't burn. And they've had to It doesn't explain why other paintings with that same varnish on it burned. Yeah. But those didn't. Yeah. Well, Shit. Now we're going to talk about something called the Dybbuk box. The Dybbuk box is a wine box that was sold on eBay, described as being haunted by a Dybbuk. In Jewish mythology, a Dybbuk is a malicious spirit of someone who has died, who then possesses another human host for the purpose of completing a task. It's said to leave the host's body once it has accomplished its goal. According to the story of the box, it was purchased by a man named Kevin Manus in 2001 at an estate sale. Manis owned a small antiques and furniture refinishing business. The box had supposedly belonged to a Polish Holocaust survivor named Havila, which I think is kind of a pretty name. It is pretty. She purchased it in Spain after fleeing there and brought it with her to the US when she immigrated. Her granddaughter insisted that manus take it, despite his efforts to return it once he found out it was a family heirloom. She told him that it had been kept shut tight in her grandmother's sewing room because it contained a Dybbuk. Manus, obviously not believing this, took it home and opened it. Inside were two pennies from the 1920s, a lock of blonde hair that was bound with cord, a lock of dark brownish-black hair bound with a cord, a small golden wine goblet, a dried rosebud, a candle holder with four octopus-shaped legs, and a small statue engraved with the Hebrew word Shalom. About as random as Donald Harvey's bag of tricks, if you know what I mean. Cocaine spoon and... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just
1: a whole hodgepodge of different things. A whole bunch of things. Each one more unpleasant than the next.
0: (laughs) Well, Manus soon began having terrifying nightmares, and others that stayed with him or had possession of the box would have the same nightmares too. He allegedly gave it to his mom as a birthday present, and she had a stroke that same day. What does shalom mean? Uh, I think it's like, hello, welcome. I don't know. I know Well-being. Ma- I know
1: Mazel Tov is is congr- congratulations.
0: Mm-hmm. Google it. Um, I will.
1: I've been Googling scary movies for kids, but yeah, I'll do it.
0: I'm glad you're so involved in this podcast. I am. I'm,
1: I'm multitasking.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Manus' sister refused to keep it because the doors wouldn't stay shut and it freaked her out. He tried to sell it but found it returned to his doorstep with a note attached that read, quote, This has a bad darkness, end quote. A student at Truman State University in Missouri had ownership of it for a while and said that it caused all of his light bulbs to burn out and his hair to fall out. Jesus. It was sold to Jason Haxton, the director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine in the same Missouri town. He reported strange health problems once he had the box, including, quote, head-to-toe welts, end quote, and coughing up blood. He's got the TB!
1: He's got the tbs Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, heart failure's gonna come around the corner and tell you what, don't yep. mind saying. Stinks right up on you. It means peace.
0: Ah. Yeah. He ended up consulting with rabbis and was able to steal the box and store it away at a secret location, later taking it out of hiding to donate it to our good friend Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures. Uh, God. Bro. Dude. Huh. Yep.
1: I never believed in ghosts until I had an encounter with one.
0: (laughs) It is now on display in his haunted museum in Las Vegas. So if you are in or around Las Vegas, go check it out, bro.
1: And if you see it, you'll know that these are our ghost adventures. (laughs) Nice. Was was it good? It was good. Okay, cool.
0: Next is Thomas Busby's stoop chair, a.k.a. the dead man's chair. Thomas Busby was a convicted murderer in Thurst, North Yorkshire. He and his father-in-law Daniel were running a coin counterfeiting business along with other criminal activities in 1702. Some stories say that the two men began arguing over their business and some say that the two began to argue because Daniel was sitting in Busby's favorite chair. How fucking dare he? What? That's my favorite chair. Get the fuck up, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't see your name
1: on it. Yeah, yeah. it's right there.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> Regardless of what the haps was, Busby went into Daniel's home that night and beat him to death with a hammer. <laughs> Stop. Hammer time. Oh, 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 oh. Break it down. He hid the body in the woods. Billy's, Billy's too legit to quit. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Too legit. Too legit to quit. Hey, hey. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, he hid the body in the woods, but it was soon found. That's how you do it. Busby was arrested, tried, and convicted, and was subsequently hanged, tarred, and left on the gallows on the side of the road next to an inn. Whose name was later changed to the Busby Stoop Inn. It said that as a last request he was allowed a drink of ale at his favorite pub, the inn next to the gallows where his favorite chair resided. And as he finished, he said, quote, May sudden death come to anyone who dare sit in my chair, end quote. So I've in my s- fucking chair.
1: I've seen the chair.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that doesn't look cozy. Mm mm. It was like it hurt oh. your ass
0: bone. I think it was more the placement, maybe. We'll get into that. Maybe here
1: maybe had yeah, good air, good air vent, you know? like It's, <laughs> it's like, kind of like it's by the fireplace, but when the windows open, it's good at that <laughs> spot.
0: Yeah. Over the years, many a person has risked having a seat in Thomas Busby's chair.
1: Their last words are always, what's the worst that's going to happen? Come on.
0: <laughs> with upwards of 63 potentially linked to sitting in it prior to their deaths. So yeah, during the Second World War, some Canadian airmen that had sat in the chair did not return from bombing missions over Europe, but it was only the ones that had sat in the chair that didn't return. Yeah. A builder's apprentice was dared to take a seat during lunch one day, only to fall through a roof when the crew returned to work, killing him instantly. A delivery man once sat in the chair and crashed his car later that evening, killing him. But one of the strangest stories is of a chimney sweep who sat in the chair drinking one night. He left in the middle of the night and was later found hanging from a gatepost next to a replica of the Busby gibbet outside of the inn. Eventually, the owners gave the chair to the Thirst Museum in 1978, instructing them to hang it from the ceiling to prohibit anyone from sitting in it, lest they be cursed. It has since been tested and has been dated to around the 1840s, long after Busby uttered his curse in 1702. So many believe that it may not be the specific chair that is cursed, but may be any chair that sat in its place that absorbs the haunting.
1: Well, that's just not (coughs) fair. Why's that? Well, it could just be some guy in a chair that wasn't his, that's in that particular spot in the tavern, who fucking dies. That sucks.
0: Yeah. Fuck, dude. (laughs) You must be pretty scared, though, if you want to hang it off the fucking ceiling so no one can sit in it. Not even the fucking maintenance guys. Like, no. Hang it. Yeah. <laughs> now.
1: <laughs> hang the chair like you hung the man.
0: Yeah. Now, Robert the doll is said to be incredibly haunted and, in my opinion, incredibly ugly. Creepy. Was, As, Robert the
1: doll is creepy.
0: Yeah. He was made over 115 years ago in Germany by the Stief Company and was made of cloth stuffed with straw.
1: Made by a deaf child with no arms.
0: I'm not gonna fact check that. I'm gonna say that's false. Oh, were you but- fucking there? Were you?
1: No. So-, so? I can say whatever I want about it and you can't prove me wrong.
0: Okay, it was made out of jello.
1: It was made out of German jello. They call that jello.
0: I like how you doubled down. Yeah. It <laughs> just went with what I said.
1: I co signed with you.
0: It was a cloth filled with straw. Other people call it hay. Hey. Hey, hey. Too legit. Too legit to quit hey hey.
1: Man, fuck, dude. We're like the musical podcast that's not good.
0: good. My voice sounds it's, really horrible we're right now. we are not good at music. My I don't have a singing voice right now.
1: Our musicing sucks.
0: Yeah. So yes, it was cloth stuffed with straw, not jello. And uh sorry
1: guys sorry we got your guys' hopes up.
0: <laughs> he is the size of a small child and has his own stuffed animal. Which I've seen listed as both a lion and a dog, but it looks more like a dog to me. It's a fucking thing. Yeah. It's an animal.
1: Don't knock the blind kid with no arms who can obviously for some reason make dolls. (laughs) That's fucking impressive.
0: It's thought that he was most likely made to be a part of a window dressing and not necessarily made as a toy. He was purchased by the grandfather of Robert Eugene Otto on a trip to Germany in 1904. Otto belonged to a prominent Key West family, and his grandfather gave him the doll as a birthday present when he was young. Robert wears a sailor suit with matching cap, which is thought to be one of Otto's actual outfits from childhood.
1: Okay, yeah, I saw the outfit. The outfit's kind of cute.
0: Mm-hmm. That's about but it. Found on that creepy fucking doll. Yeah. Pock marks all in its face and shit. Yeah. Well... Things were reportedly pretty weird from the beginning.
1: Just going to knock a handicapped kid's work. If that's what you're going to
0: do. Yeah. I'm going to. Damn. Uh-huh. What you going to do? Judge you. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to do. Like I'm judging them. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. The handicapped kids that made the doll with no arms. This is why our
1: marriage is dying.
0: I don't think children with no arms made this doll, Billy. I'm running away. Okay. Go. Fuck you. I'm calling your bluff. A, uh,
1: <laughs> I will after dinner. I'm hungry.
0: <laughs> well, the family would hear Otto giggling along with someone with a deep voice from behind closed doors, but no one would be there besides Otto and Robert when the doors were open.
1: They'd say, the weird voices would say, like, strangest shit ever.
0: Oh, <laughs> Robert, you're silly.
1: Want to see a dead body?
0: ha. <laughs> Otto began having horrible nightmares and his toys would disappear, only to reappear mutilated. Furniture was inexplicably overturned, and Robert's face was said to change expressions and children that went by the house were scared because Robert would appear and disappear in a window at random times. Just let Robert live his fucking life. If something bad happened, Otto would say, Robert did it. Wasn't me. It was Robert.
1: Okay, now that one, I'm not buying... (laughs) <laughs> That's something a kid would fucking do.
0: Robert was eventually banished to the attic, but then footsteps could be heard overhead. Of
1: what? A doll that weighs less than a pound? What's the footsteps? It's a child-sized summit?
0: doll. I'm sure it weighs more than a pound. I, I'm it's sh- stuffed with fucking straw. I'm sure you're not going to hear like... Straw's heavy. Not that heavy. A child-sized doll, say three feet high, stuffed with straw, is going to be fairly heavy. Are you heavy. really going to try
1: to science the shit
0: out of this right now? Yeah. I am. That's fucking stupid. You're stupid. I know. <laughs> You're not stupid, honey. I love you. I
1: just don't see how even... As a full-grown scarecrow, if you gave it boots and it stood up and started
0: walking, it would not have... How the... would a doll have a fucking deep voice, Billy? We're talking about haunted things that know. do haunted things in a haunted place. Haunted. <laughs>
1: haunted things, doing haunted stuff in places that are not favorable to people, especially mm-hmm. children. That's the thing, too. It's like, oh, look what I got. Look what I got for Otto. And the parents are like, that's ugly as shit. Don't give it to our kid. <laughs> 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 it's creepy as fuck. Put it back in the box. Take it back with you. Send it back to Germany. He shows up and they pull a Brad Pitt. They're like, what's in the box? And he opens it. And they're like, no, close the box. No, 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 Nope. Dad, do you have the receipt before you give it to our kid, Otto? Do you have the receipt? <laughs> He bought it from a Chinese guy in in, in Chinatown.
0: Chinatown in Germany? Yeah.
1: Okay. It's a documentary called Gremlins. He got the Magui from the... Yeah.
0: That wasn't in Germany. Chinatown. Well, how do you know? Because I do.
1: All right. Fair enough, I
0: guess. (laughs) Well, a subsequent owner of the house, after years of experiencing many of these events herself donated Robert to the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. Visitors to the museum have reported misfortunes taking place after leaving, such as, quote, car accidents, broken bones, job loss, divorce, and a cornucopia of other misfortunes, end quote, all believed to be attributed to not showing Robert respect during their visit. He even receives letters every week from people asking for forgiveness in hopes of stopping their, quote unquote, curse. Ow. Pop your neck. It makes me hurt. Sorry. It had to, be, it had to happen. I
1: mean, the girls are right. They, they, they want to watch Annabelle, actually. Like That's where they're at right now. I have a feeling they're going to watch a movie that's going to fuck them up. They're like, one of those scenes where it's like, all right, you want to dip your toe in? We're just going to push you in the deep end. <laughs> Yeah, you like this horror movie? And they're going to watch it, and they're going to be like, oh, we're, we want to go to church. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that doll's creepy as shit, but I do love that little sailor outfit. It is kind of like if it was on a kid. That'd be really cute.
0: Now the next one is a little kooky.
1: Yeah, not the doll that talks, or the doll that walks around heavy footsteps full of straw or Jello. We haven't confirmed it.
0: This All one, of the above.
1: This one, this one, this
0: one's goofy. It's, it's kooky. Okay. Kooky, kooky. There is a haunted book that sits in a glass case at West Virginia's Archive of the Afterlife, a self-proclaimed National Museum of the Paranormal. But it's probably not any book that you would ever guess would be haunted. It is a copy of The Foot Book by Dr. Seuss.
1: <laughs> Are you fucking serious? That's a yes. thing? Yes,
0: yeah. yes. A woman in Ohio purchased it at a yard sale for her daughter. The family soon began hearing the sound of whispering children whenever the book was being read.
1: Okay, that's creepy.
0: They also got the very strong sense of being watched. A paranormal investigator looked into the history of the book and discovered that the yard sale the book was purchased at contained items from a house where a quadruple homicide had taken place. One of the victims had been a two-year-old whom the book had belonged to. A small red mark on the bottom right corner of the book was tested and found to be blood. Wouldn't it be brown? Reddish brown. All right. Uh, I've, I've seen a picture of the book. All it, I
1: really know is green eggs and ham. And I have this feeling like you open the book and you just hear this voice coming out of like the closet. Like,
0: would you, could you want a boat? And you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> One foot, two foot, red foot, blue foot. You don't know the foot book?
1: I did not read Dr. Seuss as Dr. a child. Dr. Seuss.
0: you got to get down with it. did
1: not read it as a child.
0: Love Dr. Seuss.
1: I was I was raised more of a, the Sesame Street books. The Monster at the end of this book to this day is a good read. Like I'll take that to the bathroom and read.
0: You did read that to our kids a lot.
1: That's a good book. <laughs> you acted out to like, ooh, God, help me turn the page. ooh, You know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I'm actually a pretty good dad when I think about it.
0: All right. Wow. Big head much?
1: About my children, yeah. Yeah. I'm a good father.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know
1: if you're being sarc- I concur, Billy. You're- You're a good dad. Is that sarcasm, or are you being sarcastic about your sarcasm? What the fuck is happening?
0: Good luck. Oh, see what I did there? I I, like the Ouija (laughs) board. Milton Bradley. You don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh,
1: yeah. Stop boring people.
0: (laughs) You read this shit.
1: I don't read good.
0: (laughs) With a sore throat and a stuffy nose. You're doing good. Come on. You got it. I'm trying to power through, man. Okay. Yes, it is the foot book by Dr. Seuss. One foot, two foot, red foot, blue foot. That's how the book starts. goes on from there. A woman in Ohio purchased it. Blood was in the corner of it. And, um, her kids, yeah. Needless to say, the family was happy to part ways with that book, and they gave it to this museum, the Archive of the Afterlife. All right. The next haunted item is the Bassano vase, an Italian vase made from carved silver in the 15th century. Ooh, that sounds nice. The lore behind its beginnings is that it was made as a wedding gift for an Italian bride in a village near Napoli. It's said that on her wedding night, she was found lying on the floor, clutching the vase, slowly dying. After her passing, the vase was handed down through multiple family members, all of which died under mysterious circumstances. So, the vase was boxed up and stashed away, only to be uncovered again in 1988 with a note on a piece of parchment paper stuck inside. It read, quote, Beware, this vase brings death. End quote. Of course, no one heeds these kinds of warnings. You're like, Pshaw, curses, hauntings, whatever, death. And then there's
1: that one person. In the back of the group. that You I mean, really shouldn't do that. That knew, the, that knew a guy that sat in that fucking chair. And he's like, guys, seriously? If, if they... There's a reason they're saying that. Yeah. They don't just say that because they're bored. There's a reason they're saying that shit.
0: <laughs> so, like I said, no one heeded the warnings. The vase was auctioned off for 4 million lira to a local pharmacist. He died three months later. The vase was then sold to a prominent surgeon in the area who died just two months later at the age of 37. The vase was then purchased by an archaeologist for his personal collection. He died of a massive infection two months later. It was then sold again, and the next owner only lasted a month. Jeez. The rumor of the cursed vase spread quickly. A family member of the last owner that had died chucked the vase out of a window, and it would seem that the curse was determined to get him even if not by death. The vase almost crashed down on a policeman's head. The man that threw the vase was ticketed for disorderly behavior.
1: Yep. What would be funny is like if he took it and threw it out, but it's like, you know, you take it and you throw it and it spins as you and the wind caught the inside of the vase mm-hmm. and shot it back and went to his face and cracked <laughs> his fucking... That's some like Final Destination shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he uh, was ticketed. For disorderly behavior, because it almost hit a policeman, because he just threw it all willy-nilly out a window. Mm. And he accepted the citation, but refused to take the vase back. (laughs) I'll
1: pay it, but that's your vase now, motherfucker. You touched the last. Yeah. (laughs) I have a question. Hmm. What if you took the vase and melted it down and turned it into a bracelet? Would it still be haunted? It's not a vase anymore. It's lost its total purpose. Or is the spirit, like, attached
0: why don't to... you go look for it? Go find it and find out, hun.
1: I'm being serious.
0: God, <laughs> why are you being mean? <laughs> I'm trying to be mean.
1: But I mean, you you take away the fact that it's a vase, but maybe it's just drawn to the metal that is the... I don't know. I don't know how that would work.
0: I don't know. I
1: don't know. That's, it, I don't want to find out because then I'd have to be in possession of the vase to take it to the smelter. I don't want to fuck with that.
0: Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that.
1: And It'd be some weird shit too, like I'd be smelting it and melting it down and everything, and I'd get shot in the neck with an arrow, and I'm not even i am not even near the woods, like I'm in an urban area.
0: But you know what you would do? Huh. You'd pull it out and look at it before you fell down.
1: Yeah, that's what
0: you do. Yeah, that's what you have to do.
1: Well, you do it with darts.
0: Anytime you're shot with anything in the neck, you have to pull it out and look at yeah. it before you collapse. Yep,
1: they always do that. Unspoken rule. Unspoken rule. If you're hit with a poisonous dart or a knockout dart, you have to take it out and look at it and then drop. Yep. Less the poison won't work.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, he said, um, I'm not taking that shit back. I'll pay your citation, but you got it now.
1: Yeah, I'll pay the citation, and here's a little extra. I just paid you to take the vase. Mm-hmm. You
0: know what? I I, create,
1: I I committed a criminal act. That's evidence. <laughs> number one, doesn't that go in a locker
0: somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> exhibit a i would say
1: i'd go with you to make sure you do it but i don't want to be near it yep i'm just gonna sit in my room and trust you
0: so now the police have the vase the police tried to donate the vase to several museums but there weren't any takers due to the alleged curse because everybody fucking knew at this point <laughs> they're like Mm-mm, "Nope, you touched it last <laughs> i think i don't know how you
1: say are you a dumbass in italian but it'd be like yeah i'll buy the it it that is that the haunted? That's the haunted vase, isn't it? Yes, there is speculation. why are you, fucking stupid? <laughs> don't bring that shit in here. you fucking dumbass. I don't want it. Well, I, that... I didn't sign anything. Give me the money back. I didn't let go of the money. I didn't let go of it yet. Give it back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's said that the police ended up burying the vase in an unknown location to ensure it wouldn't end up in anyone else's hands. Some sources even say that it was placed in a lead coffin before being buried for extra security.
1: Huh? can never be too safe.
0: The last haunted item we're going to discuss is a painting called The Anguished Man, thought to be the most haunted painting in the world. And if you go to our website, martinisandthemacab.com, and go to this episode under the Season 3 tab, it is the thumbnail we used for this episode. So, even if it wasn't haunted, the painting itself is quite disturbing. The
1: painting is enough to haunt your dreams.
0: It's a somewhat abstract painting of a man with his mouth opened into a large hole as if yelling out, and his eyes are black or possibly just aren't even there.
1: Okay, now, as you're listening... Pull up that image. Art is all about interpretation. You see a man in anguish. I see a man stub his toe. Tell me I'm wrong.
0: I would think stubbing a toe would cause you some anguish.
1: That look? (sighs) That? Yeah. Toe stub.
0: Do your eyes go completely black when you stub your toe?
1: Big toe or pinky toe? Either. Yes.
0: Oh. Yeah. Okay
1: horrifyingly so
0: i I guess i just haven't paid attention
1: yeah why would you watch me stub my toe why wouldn't you be like look out your toe's about to connect you just make it happen you just watch it happen sicko
0: what Ah. Ah, don't make that face Ah. stop it
1: okay (laughs)
0: sorry so, yeah, the artist that painted it is said to have mixed his own blood in with oil paints to create it, and he committed suicide not long after finishing it. Kind of reminds me of Layers of Fear.
1: Yeah. I wonder if that's where they kind of took that from. That idea of using different material to, yeah.
0: I don't give anything away. Layers of Fear. Pretty damn good game. Yeah, you enjoy that
1: game, don't it's you? It's creepy. Yeah. Good old-fashioned creepy, too.
0: Yeah. A man named Sean Robinson received it from his grandmother who claimed that a spirit inhabited it. Sean, not believing in all that nonsense. All that jazz. Yeah.
1: He's the Joe Nickel of the art world.
0: He hung it up in his house. Not long after, his wife started seeing dark figures lurking around the house. Then sounds could be heard coming from the painting itself, like scratching sounds or what sounded like a man crying. From
1: stubbing his toe
0: could be yeah doors nearby move on their own sean's wife has felt something stroking her hair and sean who has seen a mist form in their house has posted videos to youtube showing the alleged paranormal activity and you can find them on youtube they are there i mean you can't say for certain but Mm. could be why not he says the painting has been locked away and will not be sold anytime soon out of fear that it could be more dangerous than just making some sounds or closing some doors. But like I said, even if it were for sale, I don't know who would actually want to hang that creepy thing on their wall. And evidently there's fake ones that people try and sell on eBay. So if you see one on eBay, it's probably not the original painting,
1: <laughs> but it looks horrifying. I would take it to your, to a storage facility like a, you're on a little storage unit you know and then just never pay it again and let it get auctioned off. Storage wars. Maybe you could catch the episode. Is that still on? I don't know. And they're like I love that because everything they find, they, they think, like, they just they hit the mother load. They'll, they'll find, like, a rusted spring that belongs to a fucking John Deere tractor, and they're like, this is it. This is the mother load, and this was what I was waiting on. And they're like, coming up on Storage Wars, and you'll go, oh, my God. And then you find out it's a nut and bolt and a, and a screwdriver, and you're like, wow, you really got excited about a whole bunch of nothing. Mm-hmm. All right. And you could probably see that painting. Maybe. If you do it. Yeah. And then they're like... Coming up on the next episode of Storage Wars, and they, they open up the thing and <laughs> they open the door, and everybody's like,
0: Ah, oh, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> Nobody bids. It's just that. It's just that <laughs> in the middle of the room on an easel,
0: just <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> Dude, that'd be fucked up. But close the door. <laughs> I'd piss myself. Wouldn't it be
1: weird if they opened the door and it was that and there were a bunch of dark figures and you could see them all just turn around and look at whoever opened the door.
0: <laughs> what are you doing? You open
1: the door and a mist comes out. That mist they, they said they caught. Uh-huh. It comes out and it's like, I'm free. And then, like, all the dark figures turn around like, shut the door. <laughs> and you got the guy
0: like, I stabbed my toe. It would have been so fucking cool. Now we need to see this happen. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> Beanie Babies.
0: And Beanie Babies.
1: Not like in a different store. The same storage has been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Completely random Not three doors down. All. No,
1: no, no. Like in the back left corner.
0: The name of a band. Maybe. Three doors down.
1: And and and, and Pogs and Tamagotchis.
0: And slap bracelets. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> We're going to go way back.
1: And seven crates of Heinz Purple Ketchup.
0: Wow, that's a lot of purple ketchup.
1: So much purple ketchup.
0: Old, expired purple ketchup. (laughs) Blow your fucking mind. And do something to you. Uh, All right. (laughs) All right, guys. So uh, that's episode 73 about haunted objects. Thanks for listening. We hope you liked the episode. I apologize for my voice. I'm not as perky and cheerful because I feel like shit. But she's dying. I'm dying. But we wanted to make sure you guys had something a little spooky for Halloween. And fun. And you know where to find us. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Martinis and the Macabre. And we also have a fan page on Facebook called Friends Who Like Martinis and the Macabre.
1: Waxwork would also be a good movie. Even Waxwork 2.
0: Okay. I've um, never seen the second one.
1: Yeah, the first one has the Marquita Sod in it, though. And that's a little too kinky to show kids that.
0: I don't remember it well enough. I
1: yeah. Okay. Sorry. Good.
0: You can also find us on Twitter at martini underscore macabre. Feel free to post whatever you like from funny to morbid and please share. That's the easiest and totally free way to help us out just by spreading the word. If you want to go a step further, then please get on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you can leave a rating or review. We hope it will be a positive one. And don't forget, if you send us a snapshot of your review, we will send you a sticker. And if you've already left a review but haven't sent us a pic, you can still do so and get that sticker, even if the review is old. And if you want to go balls to the wall and financially support the show, then you can make a one-time donation in the amount of your choosing via our PayPal link at the bottom of the homepage on our website, or you can set up a pledge for monthly donations through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Even a $1 pledge gets you access to our patron-only audio each month, and a shout out on the show. And for just a few dollars more, you can get some exclusive goodies. Every dollar is hugely appreciated. You guys don't even know. And thank you to all past patrons and especially our current patrons Kirsten, our baller, yo, love you, girl. Bender, Bonnie, Bridget, Caroline, Chelsea, Christina, Cooper, Corey, Donald, Dylan, Belfast Grace, Harleen, Heather, Jennifer, Kate, Christy, Kristen. Lady Danger, Marie Maxime, Molly, Monica, Sue, Vanessa, and Veronica, you awesome snuggle bunnies have our undying love. For any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, shoot us an email at martinisinthemacabre at gmail.com, or you can use the contact page on the website. Also on the website, you can find a bio about us, a complete episode catalog that you can binge, and all of the music created by Minimus Noah that we use at the end of each episode and keep listening because there will be another new one at the end of this episode another unreleased one and that about wraps it up once again thanks so much for listening stay safe snuggle bunnies and we'll see you in two weeks. Happy Halloween Well, if your toilet paper was haunted, that means that somebody else would have had it in their possession. and that's
1: you. gross. It scared the shit out of you. God damn,
0: that was fucking good. No, it wasn't. Oh, no. that was
1: that was on the spot too. Mm-mm. I didn't even rehearse that shit. In yeah, I minute. don't.
0: I don't like it. I don't approve.
1: Man, that was good.